Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Welcome to the muckraking, risk-taking, rule-breaking, clean-staking, mischief-making, hip-shaking, wake-and-baking monster of a show called Tell Me Everything. We welcome everyone of every age, race, gender, creed, and identifier. This show is open to liberals, progressive, Democrats, moderates, fans of sanity, decency, and being anti-evil. Conservatives, you're welcome. Fascists who still believe they're conservatives, you're welcome. Fake patriots, trickle-downers, Christians in name only, and racists who think they can't possibly be racist because they laughed at a Steve Harvey joke one time. You're all welcome. We'll be friendly, but we won't bullshit you. We are here to bring good trouble to the right-wing bubble. What a show tonight. Uh, our good friend Bob Seska is here to talk all about, well, uh, we'll get to everything, uh, but uh, Wajahat Ali will be here as well. Chris Hauselt is our executive producer running this thing from the South Carolina studios. Owen is filling in for the great Thea Harper, who is not here tonight. I'm in Los Angeles. And today, friends, I got to go back to the SiriusXM Hollywood studios for the first time since January of 2020. And my ID even worked. They, they, they let me in the building. It was nice. We have beautiful studios in Hollywood. I mean, look, I'm, I think I'm one of the few people at this whole crazy mixed up channel, uh, at this whole company of SiriusXM Pandora. We've done this show, friends, from the L.A. studios, the D.C. studios, the New York studios, the Nashville studios, and the Toronto studio. And, and I'll tell you, they're all great. But the L.A. studios... Very, very special. I was there today to pre-tape an interview with uh, one of my favorite members of the Eagles, bass player, songwriter, and singer Timothy B. Schmidt, who uh, actually was in Poco and the Eagles. He's one of those few people who gets to be in the Hall of Fame for being in two great bands. It's a wonderful conversation. He's about to go on the road with the Eagles to play Hotel California, the full album, quite a bit. But I wanted to talk about his new album and all the great people from Lindsey Buckingham to Jackson Brown to uh, John Fogarty who guessed on it. So it's it's a, a great conversation. He's like the Ronnie Wood of uh, of the Eagles. He joined in the late 70s. So he's still technically the new guy. Um, and even though he's like 73, he's, he's, he's the cute one. So it's a really, really good conversation. We'll be bringing that to you very, very soon. And it's great to be in L.A. I was awoken this morning at 2 a.m. by a 4.2 earthquake. That's how I know I'm back on the West Coast. I, I stay near the beach, and that's where the quake was. And man, did I feel it. And then we felt the uh, three-point uh, aftershock a few moments later. Um, everyone rushes to Twitter right away whenever there's an earthquake to say, did you feel that earthquake? But, you know, I won't even get out of bed for something less than a 4.8. Uh, okay, we are ready. We are set. We are glad you are with us. In the words of the great Mark Twain, do the right thing. 
It'll gratify some people and astonish the rest. Let's do a show. And tonight, we begin with His Holiness and His Assholiness. I don't know how we're going to make that a title for the podcast, but we'll find a way. What I'm trying to say is we'll start with Trump. This is about Trump and the Pope. Okay. Uh, let's start with the Trump part of it. Get ready, my friends, to see a lot more lying and racist Trump ads on Facebook and Instagram. And they're going to be shared by all your right wing loved ones who still can't spell the word your correctly or still spell the word border, you know, with an A. <sighs> and they vote. Meta will reinstate former host of Celebrity Apprentice Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts in the coming weeks following a two-year suspension. That was the big news, according to Nick Clegg, who's the president of Meta's Global Affairs. Now, Trump has not been allowed to post on Facebook or Instagram, as you guys know, since his accounts were uh, shut down indefinitely after the terrorist attack on our capital of January 6, 2001. At the time, Facebook said that ban was going to be indefinite. And then the outside board weighed in. The company banned him for two years. And they said they'll decide, you know, way, way January of 2023. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what to do then. And hey, January of 2023, when's that ever going to show up? Well, this is going to set a new precedent for how this particular company treats world leaders. And it could affect the trajectory of the next presidential election. I mean, Donald Trump is back on Facebook. Who, whoever gets a two-year ban? Everyone I know got banned for... Frank Conniff got banned forever. I, I guess Trump is just special. More special than Frank Conniff? That's some bullshit. The, the reinstatement of Trump's accounts is going to allow him now to run ads. And that's what this is all about. It's all about money. His Facebook has 34 million followers. His Instagram has 23 million followers. And Trump relied heavily on Facebook ads for fundraising and list building the last two times. Uh, Mr. Clegg said, we've always believed that Americans should be able to hear from the people who want to lead the country. We don't want to stand in the way of that, nor do we want to stand in the way of the incredible ad buys we're about to get. Uh, Trump put out a statement on Truth Social. Uh, if you have a vomit bag, grab it. Um, that's, of course, the site that he can't really leave because he helped create it. He helped back it financially. That site is the reason that even though he's been reinstated over to Twitter, even after all the anti-Semitism, even after all the racist comments about Elaine Chao in the last two months, they, they just, <laughs> Elon doesn't care. Uh, so, so, so Trump just put on Truth Social, Facebook, which has lost billions of dollars in value, says deplatforming your favorite president, comma, me, comma, has just announced they are reinstating my account. Such a thing should never happen again to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving of retribution. Now, Trump's campaign has been begging Meta to reinstate him, which is impressive considering his campaign still doesn't have a campaign manager. It was, it was controversial to suspend him, and it's going to be controversial to reinstate him. It's the most high-profile and the most controversial content moderation Facebook has ever made. Mark Zuckerberg said back at the time he was afraid that Donald Trump's lies would provoke further violence. Well, now Trump is going to have to abide by these new rules that could restrict his accounts and, tellingly, his ability to run ads if he ever violates Meta's policies in the future. And they're going to have some new policies for him. Extraordinary measures before you let this particular horse back into the hospital. There's going to be a crisis policy protocol 
that will consider on and off platform risks of imminent harm to evaluate whether his posts require further sanctioning. Uh, Meta will retain discretion to take action. They can limit the distribution of his posts, even for actions or speech that don't violate community standards. Uh, Clegg said oblique references to QAnon content is the kind of material that even if it's done obliquely and doesn't violate our community standards, we would seek to restrict it. Blah, 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 blah. Look, dude, he's going to be racist. He's going to be anti-Semitic. He's going to attack American Jews who don't like him. That's not being real Jews. He's going to do racist jokes about the China virus and the Kung flu and Mitch McConnell's wife's name. And you're going to take the money. Yeah, he's going to have to pay for the rules. But <laughs> Facebook banned him over breaking their rules and over fear of, you know, the incitements to violence. Now, now again, when they first indefinitely suspended him, the company's oversight board, which is an outside group of human rights scholars and journalists and legal experts and, and politicians, you know, they said, well, that's a bit vague. So it wasn't until June of 2021 that they made it a two-year ban, retroactive to January, and it would only reinstate Trump if the risk to public safety has receded. I guess Donald Trump's much safer now. <laughs> you know, and again... Clegg said Meta didn't speak with Trump or any of his associates. They just decided to do this because, well, you know why. You know why. Trump is still lying that the 2020 election was stolen from him. He's been amplifying QAnon conspiracy lies to his almost 5 million followers on Truth Social. And the outrage was swift. Really swift. NAACP President Derek Johnson said Mark Zuckerberg's decision to reinstate Trump's accounts is a prime example of putting profits above people's safety. It's quite astonishing that one can spew hatred, fuel conspiracies, and incite a violent insurrection at our nation's Capitol building, and Mark Zuckerberg still believes that's not enough to remove someone from his platforms. Mm. Uh, Wendy Villa of the Global Project Against Hate and Extremism said, Authoritarian-leading politicians everywhere are watching, and they will celebrate this decision. They've already been inspired by Trump's successful manipulation of Facebook and its lax rule enforcement for the politically powerful. These far-right leaders will simply ramp up their use of Facebook to spread misinformation to build their base, contributing to political violence and an increase in far-right governments. She's right. And here's where I get to share my unpopular opinion. Um, why not just let him back on? I mean, really, why not just let him back on? It's not like Donald Trump's been indicted for any crimes, right? I mean, is the issue really that Facebook is letting him back on? Or is the issue here that after two years, our criminal justice system has not begun to hold Donald Trump accountable for inciting a terrorist attack on our Capitol building? We can't even call it a terrorist attack. I mean, the dictionary would. The use of violence or threat of violence to affect a policy change, that was January 6th. But again, why not let him back on? I mean, two years. They haven't been able to build a case against him. They won't hold him accountable. I mean, I know it takes time to build a prosecution, but the clock is ticking. You know, I hate to play devil's advocate here, but where is the justification for him to be banned from using Facebook or Twitter? Look, if anything, I've got a verified blue checkmark Facebook page with 300,000 followers, and I haven't been able to access it in two years because it's been hacked. So at least Facebook's paying attention to the needs of one person. But Trump hasn't been convicted in court. He doesn't have any political responsibility. And let's be honest, he's not going to be elected president. Tribal Social is already bragging they banned Trump for life. The ACLU executive director, Anthony Romero, said... And I really do hate to agree with him, but this is the right call. 
Like it or not, Trump is one of the country's leading political figures, and the public has a strong interest in hearing his speech. And think about how much social media has changed in the last two years. I mean, Facebook used to be a social media company, right? Now they're trying to invent themselves as the, the metaverse company. And in 2022, Meta announced declines in revenue and users for the first time ever. And that's, friends, what is really guiding this. Not that Donald Trump paid his debt to society. Not that he learned his lesson, Susan Collins. It's all money. Mark Zuckerberg just laid off 13,000 employees. And Donald Trump's reinstatement represents millions and millions in advertising dollars for Facebook. It doesn't matter that Donald Trump, who has become much more anti-Semitic recently, it's going to be interesting, won't it? I mean, he really has. Remember Trump called him Zuckerbucks? Zuckerbucks? If a Democrat had called a Jewish person Zuckerbucks, the Democrats would send that person off to John Edwards Island that night. So, you know what? Screw it. Let him on. If they're not going to charge him, he's paid his debt to society, he should be let out of Facebook jail. And this is from a guy whose page has been hacked almost two years. So now Trump can give money to Meta to make money on Meta because it's all a grift. He doesn't even have a communications director of the campaign yet. Donald Trump is going back on Facebook and Instagram to take the MAGA money and redistribute their wealth. And I say, set him free to separate the crackers and the racists and the rednecks, the birthers and the trickle-downers from their hard-earned dollars. I can't believe I'm saying it, but let him on. Go ahead. Let's see how it goes. Meanwhile, I want to talk about the Pope, because the Pope today is the polar opposite of Donald Trump. And, and, and if I can, I want to begin by talking about this guy, Matt Staver. He's a far-right Christian activist, and um, he, he became famous in 2015 because he was the guy defending uh, Kentucky clerk Kim Davis who refused to follow the law and issue marriage licenses to gay couples in the wake of the Supreme Court's marriage equality decision. So he was um, he was on this show called Liberty Pastors. Wow, I got to see that. Liberty pa sounds really sexy. And he was urging Christian schools to not allow children to enroll if their parents are same-sex couples. He said that children with gay parents should be discriminated against and that children from traditional Christian families shouldn't have personal experiences with LGBTQ families because it might weaken their commitment to the biblical doctrine. It's one of the most amazing things I've heard. He's literally saying we, we can't allow our children to have positive interactions with gay and lesbian people because then they might not hate them. Do what you need to do to protect them. You notice that among Christians not being grounded in doctrine Doctrine meaning what uh, the hangups of dead guys put on paper has nothing to do with Jesus, no matter how the winds blow, but being changed by personal experiences is a problem. He's literally saying our children might meet the children of gay couples and not hate them. And that means they would be changed by personal experience. And that's a problem. It's amazing. He talks about people being tainted by per like, like he's never been changed by any personal experience. Now, look, I'm, I'm actually in favor of banning interactions between children of same-sex couples and anyone connected to Matt Staver. Um, this is their doctrine, not the Bible. It's not. Biblical doctrine, if you're a Christian, it's quite unequivocal about this. Uh, you don't get to be a homophobe. You do not get to be a homophobe. Jesus never spoke against gay people. And every quote in the Bible, they will throw at you doesn't come from Jesus. 
They'll go with Leviticus, never mind the fact that Leviticus commands you to kill children who are disrespectful to their parents. They'll quote Romans and Timothy and Corinthians, which, by the way, sounds like a fabulous Italian gay bar with leather. Uh, They'll quote that, not realizing it's Paul, not Jesus. They'll quote Deuteronomy. They'll never quote Jesus because they can't quote Jesus because right-wing Christians are anti-Jesus. Jesus is very unequivocal. Whether you believe in him as a real person or as a myth or as the original innocent brown-skinned man executed by the state, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Jesus is very specific about how we're supposed to treat each other. So just remember this. You don't need to believe in his Bible talk. But if someone's a Christian and a homophobe, they're not fucking Christian. Keep it in mind, brothers and sisters, they are blasphemers. You don't get to hate. I know, I know, right now there's a homophobe who listening to this show because he can't get the Breitbart channel to work saying, you know what's going to happen if you let a man marry a man? Yeah, I do. If you let a man marry a man, it means two more single chicks for you to strike out with. Well, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. No, 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 no. Actually, God made Adam and Steve, too. And Adam and Steve can adopt some of them, their accidents. Adam and Eve don't want, Reverend, because being gay is natural, but hating gay, it's a lifestyle choice. I could talk about it all day. It's grotesque, this bigotry and how it tries to pass itself off as piety. And it has to be called out. And again, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't believe any of this stuff, some of the best Christians I know are atheists. And some of the most godless heathens I know, like Matt Staver, call themselves Christian. Pope Francis disagrees. Did you hear about the Pope today? He called laws that criminalize homosexuality unjust. Pope Francis went and actually read the damn Bible and said God loves all his children just as they are. He said being homosexual is not a crime. It's not a crime. Yes, but it's a sin. Fine. But let's first distinguish between sin and a crime. It is also a sin to lack charity with one another. And he called on Catholic bishops who support the laws to welcome LGBTQ people into their church, which they should do, friends, because I don't know if you've been to a church in America in the last 10 years. It's not hard finding a seat. Uh, At this point, the Catholic Church needs women and the gays more than the women and the gays need the Catholic Church. 67 countries or jurisdictions across the world still criminalize consensual same-sex activity. I'm going to say that again because I think it's relevant, and it's why the Pope's words today meant so much. 67 countries or jurisdictions worldwide still make consensual same-sex sexual activity between adults illegal. 11 of those countries can impose the death penalty. That's according to the Human Dignity Trust. Here in the U.S., over a dozen states still have anti-sodomy laws on the books, even though a Supreme Court ruling 20 years ago declared those unconstitutional. And get me started on sodomy. You know what that means, right? Sodomy refers to a disgusting, unholy, vile act engaged in by gay men with gay men or by straight men with amazing, understanding, awesome, understanding, spectacular women. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Um, Sodomy has nothing to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is about a bunch of guys trying to gang rape a couple of angels. There's no Christian case for homophobia. The Pope said the Catholic Church has to put an end to these laws. It must do this. It must do this. He said, we are all children of God, and God loves us as we are, and for the strength that each of us fights for our dignity. Francis said bishops need to have a process of conversion, and they should apply tenderness, please, as God has had for each one of us. Whew. 
who died and made him pope? Ooh, wrong thing to say. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. It's time to bring on the host of the Bob Seska Show. Crack open a fresca. It's time for Bob Seska. These fascists are grotesque with their vulgar Trump burlesque. Thank God we got Bob Seska broadcasting from his desk. His humor is Kafkaesque and his height is statuesque. Like the top of Mount Aleska. Like John Podesta on a Vespa. Put down that Putinesca and behave yourself, Francesca. It's a politics fiesta when you're rolling with Bob Seska. Good evening, sir. <laughs> I never know how to top that. That's amazing. I, I, Thank I you, never John. had to stop that. I, I really should retire that one, but it's <laughs> yeah. It's great I want to have it you. like uh, I want to have it glazed on a plate or something like that, commemorated in some that. permanent way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll work on that. I just wanted to have an excuse <laughs> to write, put down that Putinesca and behave yourself, Francesca, and it rhymed with your name. So I just piggybacked <laughs> on you. That's right. And my humor is Kafkaesque. That's great. That's my favorite. <laughs> part of that because i'm not entirely sure what that even means but yeah yeah. that that, you know it it almost rhymed for me but speaking of kafka (laughs) um uh you know facebook and instagram are about to get a lot more kafka-esque um i was saying at the top of the show that if any democrat had ever called mark zuckerberg zuckerbucks that democrat would have been shipped off to john edwards island and never heard from again but donald trump can be as anti-semitic as he is racist uh and a month after Facebook fires 13,000 humans, they're going to let Trump back on just in time for him to give them a lot of money for political ads to 2024. That's exactly right. And what they're saying at this point, John, Nick Clegg, who's the uh, meta president of global affairs, says that he's not being reinstated right away. They're going to be a couple of more weeks here before Trump is officially reinstated. And they need that couple of weeks to implement some back-end coding, some guardrails, as they claim, that will prevent Donald Trump from huh, inciting another insurrection. And <laughs> see, that's all It's like fine. Susan and, Collins is writing their press release. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. This, I mean, the problem here is that it's not just Donald Trump inciting a, a violent uh, invasion and occupation of Congress. That's not the problem here. First of all, I doubt he's going to try to do that again. Although, you know, he's capable of just about anything. The problem with Donald Trump has nothing to do with explicit orders to go do A, B, or C. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously that's part of it, but usually 
that's wound into um, other language or other coded language, as Michael Cohen calls it. Yes. Donald Trump operates like a mobster, always speaking in that kind of coded language. So while he may say something to the effect of we hate all of these people who call themselves the radical left Democrats, he's not going to outright say go and invade Congress and try to hang some of them. Yeah. It's, it, There's it, always the plausible that. deniability, always the yeah. plausible deniability, just like with Reagan. It, it shows that Trump is not nearly as loose-lipped as he seems. He always seems to stay on the right side of the legal line. And yeah, it's a, it's a very learned mob technique. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, uh, well, there are a couple of aspects of this, too, that, are, that accompany what I was just saying. First of all, unless it's taken down seconds after he posts it, it's going to make at least one lap around the globe. Whatever crazy thing he says, whatever incitement Correct. that he posts on Facebook and Instagram, that's going to circulate before they have a chance to take it down. It always does. And second, mm -hmm. everything Trump says is damaging to the stability of our democracy. Everything, his very presence on the political stage is destabilizing for our democracy. Because as long as he is this uh, fascist, idiocratic Pied Piper, with his following of soft-skulled weirdos and sycophants and strangely impressionable grown-ups. Yes. I'll never understand that. His fans are really, really impressionable to the point You'll where... You'll never understand right-wing people who need a ruler because democracy <laughs> is too nuanced for them? Really? After yeah, Bush? exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, the thing is, as I was saying, it's it's everything he says. That creates the damage to democracy Almost as much as saying, we're going to march down to the Capitol, I'm coming with you, and we're going to do whatever we're going to do to uh, to hijack this election. And and so in that regard, there's nothing they can do to police Donald Trump along those lines. I mean, you just look at what he writes on Troth Central or whatever his app is yes. called. Yeah. And we see some of those blurbs popping up on Twitter and other social media. So we know kind of what he's talking about over there. And all of those things are damaging to democracy. All of those things in some way are inciting people without necessarily saying it in explicit terms. Yes. So that's that's a big part of the problem here. The other part of the problem is just the rank injustice of it. You can incite an insurrection. You can incite a violent invasion and occupation of Congress. And then two years later, you get all your privileges back. Not a problem. Here you go. You can you can be back in circulation. That's how this seems to work, at least with Meta and Twitter. So if, that's if you're if, if you're going to pour money, if your words have caused violence, if people are yeah. dead because of your words, but you're going to pour money into the company because, Bob, Frank Conniff is still banned from Facebook, and he's only slightly less evil than Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, Frank Conniff was banned. Uh, I know my girlfriend, Kimberly Johnson, lost all of her pages. Facebook yeah. did a huge purge, first of all, right after the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. And she got caught up in this purge where what they told her was that you are no longer allowed to have this account, that you have spent years of your life curating when it came to friends and photos and posts and memes and yes. all the rest of it all of that work deleted overnight gone vanished poof yeah all right you know why 
You know why she was she lost all of her Facebook pages? You know, she had one profile page and then she had a bunch of pages that were for different projects, different reasons. One, there was a feminism page. There was another one for uh, a publication she worked for. And she was the admin across all those pages. You know okay. why they eliminated all those pages? Why? They no, your girlfriend's delightful them? and a wonderful human. Why? You know, because they accused her of spamming those pages with you know where she would post on one page and then she would post the same article on the other couple of pages and they right. referred to that as spamming and for that she permanently lost those pages donald trump incites an insurrection he's back on in two years that's how I this mean, works that's how Facebook. i'd like to say i'm shocked with this shitty company but as you know my my blue check mark three hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. page public profile has been hacked for almost in june it'll be two years and all facebook has given me is bots and prayers and we've like gone yeah. through back channels i mean it's 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 a rotten it, it look the management's rotten and we know exactly why this is happening because of the money my, my, my what i'm struggling with bob and i i talked about this in the f-bomb at the top of the show hmm. i i don't see how they can keep him off i mean he's paid his debt to society in facebook jail for two years it, it's not so much the greed that's letting him back on it's the fact that uh, there's been two years to indict the guy no one's gotten around to doing it so why yeah. not just let him back on honestly uh let him separate the rubes from their cash uh let let's let's go ahead and let him waste all this money or redistribute the wealth i don't think he's ever going to be president again i mean this might actually just completely snuff out ron DeSantis's hopes of running next year so as far as i'm concerned uh it's in it's fixed but why shouldn't he be let back on i mean yeah. i think your girlfriend should be let back on and it's been two years for trump why not yeah i, I mean obviously there may be a sliver of upside to all of this and i think you covered it quite well there yeah. and uh, yeah i feel like you can apply the same philosophy as we do with the House Republicans, where the more we see Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan and Matt Gates on television shrieking like they always do with this disinformation and nonsense, the better it is for democracy because it's going to find its way to swing voters and independent voters who are going to stop swinging in the direction of the Republicans because mm -hmm. of these people. And I think the same effect will occur because Donald Trump will suddenly become more visible, where his whiny yeah. diaper baby meltdowns will be all over Facebook and Instagram. Should mm -hmm. he and this is, this is another big aspect of this. Too, <clears throat> should he decide to take advantage of these accounts again? He hasn't posted on Twitter. He hasn't tweeted on his reinstated account there yeah i don't know if his deal with troth central will uh will prevent him from doing this because i know there was some talk that if he posts on twitter the shareholders of uh, he called it troth central i'm not sure exactly what it's really called yeah but he, he, the, i mean the he's not gonna make any money central on twitter yeah, he will yeah. make Trump. Well, will, Trump will make zero money on Twitter. He makes money on Facebook. Those one-click things where no one looks and checks the right yeah. boxes. I mean, this is all part of the ongoing grift. So mm -hmm. he, he's coming back in. But you, you you mentioned something how happy he was on Truth Social, and I haven't seen Donald Trump that happy since Monday when we found out a former high-level FBI official has been indicted in New York and D.C. on charges of taking money from a former Russian intel service agent and conspiring to violate our sanctions by taking secret payments from oligarch Oleg Deripaska. You know, Deripaska, the same guy who gained access to Trump's campaign by paying his manager, his campaign manager, mm -hmm. Paul Manafort, $10 million. I mean, yeah. the, the guy who said they found no link between Trump and Russia 
was literally on the Russian payroll at the time. And it was the NY field office that leaked the info about the laptop of Anthony Weiner. I mean, it's what cost Hillary Clinton the election. I, I don't really see how this is a win for Trump, but a lot of Republicans are acting like it was. I don't see how that could ever possibly be a, a win for Trump. Oh, Trump said he was completely exonerated from the Russian hoax. It's like, no, the guy who seemingly exonerated you from the FBI angle was being bought and paid for to do it. Yes, absolutely. And so we've got lots of testimony that we're going to hear with Charles McGonigal. And mm-hmm. he is going to talk about under oath the things or the reasons and the associations he had, uh, the extent of all of that with this known uh, close to Putin oligarch who, you know, as you said, completely tied into the Trump campaign through Paul Manafort and Konstantin uh, Kalimnik in Ukraine. That's right. Yeah. And so what also concerns me and what I hope to learn more information about is Charles McGonigal's involvement with whatever happened in the fall of 2016 in that month and a couple of days prior to the election, where a couple of important things happened that we all remember. It's seared into our memories. First of all, that James Comey announcement regarding the Anthony Weiner laptop and the possibility of more Hillary emails. That may have completely undermined Hillary Clinton's campaign. And the repercussions of that have been significant. Uh, But the other thing was there was a uh, an article in The New York Times that came out in that period of time. I want to say it was late October where the headline was something to the effect of uh, the FBI. FBI source says something to the effect of there is no connection between Trump and Russia. Okay. I wonder if that came from the New York field office, you know, yeah, and the guy who's did. tasked with counterintelligence in that office, Charles McGonigal. That's it. And so, yeah. I mean, the, the guy in yeah. charge of Trump uh, Russia investigation turns out to be a Russian stooge all along. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he was part. I mean, obviously, it, it's a matter of conjecture right now. We'll find out more information as the trial goes on. But uh yeah, I wonder how tied into this plot he was as far as his loyalty to uh, Oleg Deripaska and maybe if that translated over to some sort of loyalty to Donald Trump. Yeah. If Deripaska is asking him to act on behalf of Donald Trump, well, there's your collusion. I, I just hope, Bob, that Joe Biden takes home some documents related to this so the mainstream media will cover it. That's that's my only <laughs> wish at this point. Uh, you know, I oh know that God. you're still... You're still grieving the loss of Diamond of Diamond and Silk, Bob. Uh, We saw a very, very, very awkward funeral where uh, Trump, who you know never knew Diamond's real name, also came out and said he had never met Silk before, even though the two of them brought him on stage many times. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on the funeral. I'm glad I'm glad Silk used it as an occasion to uh, launch her solo career. That was that was tasteful. But what did you think? (laughs) Yeah, um you know on on one hand I I sympathize with Silk for of losing course. her sister, for losing her podcast partner. I lost my podcast partner a few years ago. It's right. not an easy thing to deal with and I'm still dealing with it and I'm sure Silk will still deal with it for a long time to come. And so and to God an bless extent her. It's I her have sister some... too. It's her family. It's her flesh and blood. Yeah. So God bless her. Nothing but sympathy. Exactly. For 
Yeah. So to that extent, I have lots of empathy for Silk. Obviously, I disagree with every last word that she speaks publicly. But well, there, I always said Diamond, and Silk, are, goes, Diamond yeah. and Silk are like Frangela. If Frangela weren't funny and liked racists, um, that, that's sort of what <laughs> yeah. If Frangela were soulless, they, yes, they would be Diamond and Silk. Uh, but there's another thing that happened at this funeral. Well, first of all, Donald Trump did a promotional video for the funeral, which I thought was hilarious, as we all do. I know every yes. time we have to attend a funeral, we're always posting promotions on social media for mm-hmm. attendance, you know. Uh, but then once he arrived there, as you said, first of all, he said that he doesn't know Silk. He doesn't know who Silk is and just found out who Silk was because I didn't know Silk at all. Right I just her. learned about Silk. Just learned about <laughs> Silk. But I know she loves North Carolina. He was saying I, she yeah. loves she loves her sister. She loves her family. She loves North Carolina. She loves Lamp. He was just going off. Yeah. Um, There's so many then, photos of Donald Trump with this woman, Bob. There's photos of this woman yeah. and Donald Trump in the Oval Office. And he never met her before. Never heard of her before. Well, and then the other thing was uh, Silk going to that anti-vax place where she's yeah. always been. And that is that the reason Diamond died was because she maybe bumped into someone who was vaccinated, even though it's pretty clear she died of heart disease. And the AP reported that today, that she died of heart disease as a consequence of high blood pressure, chronic high blood pressure, which is a leading cause of heart disease. But she's jumping right to vaccine shedding is what the problem is. Gain of of function, as she was calling it at the funeral. And that's her... (laughs) That's her justification. That's that's why Diamond died. And yeah. obviously, this is disinformation. This is nonsense. This doesn't make any sense. And in fact, it goes hand in hand with the array of videos we've been seeing all over social media in the last few days of people having tremors, some sort of tardive that's dyskinesia. Right. They, they're claiming that's that right. it's a consequence of the COVID vaccine. Oh, Which, Bob, no I, I woke up to a I woke up here in L.A. to an earthquake at 2 a.m. And I thought it's because California <laughs> had the fucking vaccine. That's why that's got <laughs> that's the shakes. Exactly. Now. California. Yeah. Had the tremors. It was it holding a <laughs> California was holding a cell phone doing like a selfie for Twitter. Yeah, um, that that's not a thing. That's not no. a thing at all. And, and, you know, what what I get concerned about when it comes to this vaccine shedding thing is like outward attacks i mean physical attacks on anyone who's vaccinated and i'm not sure how exactly they know who's vaccinated but donald uh, trump is vaccinated and boosted he's right on stage with her and they're doing this shit anyway they just don't care that's exactly right don't care yeah yeah i imagine most of the people in attendance were vaccinated at some point at least one at least they at least got the j and j early on the once and done thing that lasted about four minutes uh, and so in that regard, I don't know what Silk is trying to do. I imagine it, it may be part of the grieving process, but she's been no, anti-vax she's for a long time. In. She's yeah. trying yeah. to get paid. That's all the yeah. grifters do. They grift. Bob, with our remaining moments, um, thoughts on the upcoming inevitable debt ceiling showdown. I know, like me, you hate reboots and remakes, hmm. um, but I, I, I have a hard time believing that Wall Street is going to enjoy this time around. I don't really know if the corporate donors are going to be that amused at the Republican Party playing chicken with the global economy this one, this time. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's the game of chicken that scares them as much as defaulting on our debt. 
That's the problem. It's we're talking about a, a countdown clock that started last Thursday, and it's going to last sometime until somewhere in June. I think that's what Janet Yellen was saying. The money is going to run out in June. Uh, mm-hmm. The ability to pay down the debt, to make payments on our debt, uh, to uh, investors and so on, that's going to end in June. So the question is, between now and June, does the collapse happen then or does it happen after June? Because I'm pretty convinced that the House Republicans are going to allow that to happen because they know what will happen is it will sabotage the economy and and the blame will be a little bit on them, but mostly on the party, the quote unquote party in power, which sure. is Joe Biden and the White House and the uh, Senate Democrats. So this is sabotage, plain and simple. This is the same as what we saw uh, during the first term of Barack Obama's presidency. You're right. When exactly Mitch McConnell right. and- explicitly said his, you know, his sole intention was to make Barack Obama a one term president. And they were going to do that by sabotaging the economy. Bob, how do our listeners follow you and keep up with your brilliance? Uh, you can find my podcast everywhere you get your podcast. It's called The Bob Seska Show and also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Such a pleasure to see you, sir. Thank you so much for Thanks joining so much, us. Thanks so much, my friend. Great evening. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, your calls at 866-997-4748. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We're taking your calls at 866-997-4748. So much to get to, but let's get to you guys. Y'all been on hold for a long time. Let's start fixing that. Rachel in L.A., hello. Hello there. Welcome to LA yourself. It's great to be here just in time for the earthquake. You know, I, uh, well, I'm home with COVID. And so, so one time I don't have insomnia, so I didn't even feel, are you like in Santa Monica? Yes, I am. That's why I felt it. Yeah. I'm so sorry you have COVID. When did you find out? I'm just kind of like, I've had it since, since I found out since I got it. I rolled over to the CVS. I'm like, I'm on my eighth day right now. Oh, wow. But, you know, and also, by the way, you never you just said in passing that you had long COVID. You never at least I never heard you talk about that. You had that. Well, I haven't had a diagnosis. I got COVID in the end of March of last year. And um, and then I began having low grade fevers that were so debilitating, uh, like four to five times a day. And it lasted all through April, May, June, July and August. It was only in the fall that I I began to not have the fevers all day anymore. But I'm I'm still exhausted all the time. I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened. So, but you're better now? I mean, no, but the exhaustion could be from the high amount of pharmaceuticals I take. And, you know, I'm heavily medicated most of the time. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing better, but I'm, I'm still, like, shocked at how tired I am. I had mono a couple of years ago, and I've read a lot about how COVID can mm. reactivate mono, mm. Epstein-Barr. And uh, it okay. appears that's what happened to me last year. So I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm worried about you, though. I hope you're taking it easy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, it's annoying to take it easy. I mean, yes, I'm taking it easy. But like, I, I was just getting rolling. Like, like um, I want to go back to work. They said that you can they said that on your 10th day that that you can go back to work and that you're not this is what my doctor just said to me today that you're not contagious after your 10th oh. day. Of course, I was okay. wearing a mask. And I work outside, like at my farmer's market, like selling my things. And it goes, 
customer That's right. Well, he sure gave it to me. <laughs> do you feel do you feel safe going out yet or or, or? I've been I'm single. I mean like I've been and I live next to the market. Like so I've gone to the market with my mask on a couple times. Yeah, I don't feel that sick. Like I said, I just feel foggy and okay. I had like a couple of tired days and like but I haven't really had a fever or anything. And I by the way that's about the, the diamond woman their stupid vaccine thing. Uh, it's because of that vaccine I had that virulent vaccine thing. I'm sure is why this isn't that bad, you know? <laughs> well exactly right. Look, I mean I I I I've had it with all the, the vaccine talk uh, you know the vaccine is not perfect it certainly is not and, and you can still transmit it that was the big surprise for me i thought you wouldn't be able to but the reality is our hospitals are no longer overflowing and we are no longer losing three thousand americans a day because of the damn vaccine numbers don't yeah, lie if more people would get it it would be better but you know, i want to tell you one thing you were talking with bob Sask, I agree with all the stuff you're saying but i think the most and so many things to be mad about right now but i think that the most important thing to be mad about could be this Russia is not a hoax, and they, that guy that you were just talking about, that FBI guy, yes. had a thing to do with taking Hillary away out of the election. And yes. this is everything they projected, they did steal our election. Everything they do, they project on us. And I wish we didn't lose the House. You know, like, it's like I know. infuriating. I know. It's like degrading. To have to go through and have Kevin McCarthy here for the integrity of national security. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I like that idea you guys were talking about last night about them going to sit in the briefings. That sounds good. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we're going to talk about this a lot with Keith in the next hour, because, you know, McCarthy, he he, he pulled Swalwell and Schiff um, off of their committees today. He's going to try to do it with Ilhan Omar. That's going to be a trickier. He's going to have to get a big vote. and He's going to have to find enough. You know, Democrats have to find right. four Republicans who feel a little bit uncomfortable stripping a black immigrant Muslim congressperson there from their committee assignment. I think uh, Ilhan Omar's gig may be safe. And again, you'd say, OK, well, that's just petty politics. But everything he was using about character and trust. This is a man who sold his soul to Donald Trump. This is a man who's just made Marjorie Taylor Greene the most powerful woman in the Congress. Um, <laughs> I don't really think he cares about integrity one bit. Now, he stands there all like he's about to give the four score and seven years ago. Like he's about to say something so profound. He's I know. The dumbest look on his face. Mm -hmm. um, I have something to talk about that has nothing to do with any of this, like something fluffy. Preach. Okay. Um, I have been watching Gossip Girl, like the new <laughs> Gossip Girl. Okay. You know, I've been home binging. And I have to say, I call bullshit on a plot line, and it's also a plot line in real life, because apparently Rita Ora, but maybe that's just, you know, it's just rumor or whatever. But this business about people having throubles. Yes. Like, that's a real thing. Yes. That is a bullshit. Like, throuples is, like, trying, trying, trying to be it, but it's never going to do it. What do you mean? Like, I don't I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that the throuples are a real thing. Like, you, it's just the same as, like, having a menage a trois and for one night. You don't believe that menages a trois are a real thing? <laughs> I believe they're a real thing, but I don't believe that it's, it turns into a relationship. You cannot make that a relationship. I don't believe that. I think it's bullshit. 
I mean, I've 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 known quite a few in my life. And, uh, you know, listen, we 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 allow we allow polygamy for corporations, right? Corporations are allowed to marry as many partners as they want and keep on adding more and more partners to their family. But when it comes to people, then we 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 get kind of tense about it. Um, I I don't really have any problem with consenting adults doing what whatever to me, whatever consenting adults want to do. Life is hard. Being a grown up is hard. And if that's what works, then go ahead as long as no one's being lied to or exploited or hurt? Go ahead. No, no, I don't care what people do. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you watch the Gossip Girl, you'll see. This is a bullshit relationship. It's never going to work. They're in college. It's not the thing. I think maybe you just haven't met the right couple yet, Rachel. I just think maybe the right two people haven't walked into your life. That's all. So, Listen, I, I know. I mean, I think I think a, a relationship between two people is hard to pull off. Uh, between three is, of course, very, very hard. But if 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 people love each other and no one's being exploited, uh, no one's being lied to, um, then I think God bless. You know, we need more love and, and whatever it takes to make people feel like they're at home and have a family. Uh, I'm here for it. Oh, I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying. I'm sure God, you are. Girl, it's bullshit. These people are. Really <laughs> well, I'm themselves. against thruples when they're first off. I'm against the word thruple. Can I say that? I've never liked that term. <laughs> Uh, and now that you said all this, I oppose uh, all types of three-way relationships if they're on Gossip Girl. And I, I mean that emphatically. I will fight for and, that cause. And screw Mike Pompeo. What a pig. Yesterday it's Khashoggi and now it's 1-6. He's saying Democrats are taking advantage. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. De- de- Democrats are taking advantage of the fact that we're criminal and liars. I know. And Khashoggi, look, I, I made him number one on the dick list last night. I mean, to come out and say that he Khashoggi bet on the wrong team, like, OK, so this is what happens when a billionaire at birth chops you up because you're telling the truth about him. Mike Pompeo, it, honestly, it's, it's, it's almost tragic because it would be wonderful to see this destroy his presidential campaign, except for the fact that his presidential campaign is uh, going to be a stillborn. It's going nowhere. No one wants him. Yeah. Yep. No one wants him. Hey, honey. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. 866-997-4748. Let me get one more call really quick. Brian in Oregon. Welcome. Hi, John. Boy, Hi. Rachel's uh, quite a character. Yes, she is. <laughs> and what a voice and laugh. Um, oh, she's wonderful. She, she's a really classy lady in, in real life as well. She's super cool, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to invite her to be in a triad with me. What's on your mind? Uh, uh, yes, Chris. Sorry, Brian. Hang, hang on, wanna, Brian. What's up, Chris? Well, I just wanted to let you know that um, you know what happens when thruples get married? They turn what? into dribbles. They, they uh, become fewlyweds. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Uh, you know, love is hard, people. If you find love, and, and, and love is a beautiful thing that happens between two or more people. So just... just Put your snobbery away. What's on your mind, Brian? Well, well my mind, I didn't have heard anything about the Pope uh, and his coming around about gay uh, marriage or gay relationships. Not gay marriage. No, he's, he's just, just about discrimination and that gay people should be welcomed into church. Okay, well, that's a step forward. But yeah. um, it really needs, the next uh, evolution needs to be um, about abortion, is my uh, theory, and I think that could be the best thing for the planet is good luck on that uh, one was pro-choice good luck on that one you know <laughs> that all i mean benedict came out in favor of, of single-payer health care and said all countries on earth have a responsibility to take care of their health care of their residents no matter how poor and that was great and it's very christian and no one remembers benedict saying that uh i i think you'll see a lot of advancements but i think we you should look for married priests women priests and birth control before you get to women's reproductive freedoms from this particular catholic church yeah, I finally realized as you were talking with Rachel that 
I realized that uh, corporations were actually uh, Mormons. <laughs> you're right. They're allowed to have as many sister corps as they can. Brian, you're a gentleman. I have no idea why you're listening to this show. Thank you. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls on the great Wajahat Ali returns. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is your reminder. Elon Musk was only the second person ever to amass a personal fortune of more than 200 billion after Jeff Bezos, who did that thanks to COVID. He made a lot of money off of all that death. Uh, and now, of course, uh, Elon has made history again. He is the only person in history to ever erase 200 billion dollars from their net worth. And let's just say when we see the Tesla numbers this week, that could go even deeper. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy who decided to alienate all the liberals that are the customer base for his electric car company. You know what? I need someone smarter and saner and more moral than me. And fortunately, we have him. Wajahat Ali is a great columnist of the Daily Beast, a senior fellow at the Western States Center in Auburn Seminary. Uh, he's been a New York Times contributing op-ed writer, a CNN commentator, host for HuffPost, and ho- co-host of Al Jazeera America's The Stream. His first book, Go Back to Where You Came From and Other Helpful Recommendations on How to Become an American is wonderful, and it is now coming out in paperback. He's also the co-host of the Democracy-ish podcast. I'm always honored when Mr. Ali will join us. Waj, welcome back. It's good to see you. John, thanks so much. I'm I'm excited and very happy that now this is becoming a more regular uh, meeting. Uh, Apparently, I passed the first date and I impressed you enough that uh, I don't have to come back just once a year. You can have me back once a month. So thank Listen, you. Listen, I'll have you on as often as you can tolerate because um, obviously it, it keeps getting crazier and crazier. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself like agreeing here and there with Lindsey Graham uh, about supporting Zelensky. And now today, I, I, I hate to tell you, but I, I kind of feel like thanks to Merrick Garland not doing anything. I think I have to agree with Meta's decision to reinstate private citizen Donald Trump after two years in Facebook jail. I don't want him to be there. I know it's all a grift. I know it's also Zuckerberg, who just laid off 13,000 souls, can start raking in gazillions in campaign donations. But this private citizen has not been charged with any crime. And this private citizen doesn't really seem to have any reason to not be let back on Facebook. So, I mean, why not let him? Can you convince me otherwise? Because I'm kind of terrified I'm coming down. Like The ACLU agrees, by the way, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. the fact that I'm seeing their, their logic in this. So what I will say is this, is that uh, no one has a right to a social media platform. Uh, it's not in the Constitution. Uh, these are private companies, and these private companies have created their own guidelines. You know that there is actually safety in terms and guidelines, John, which, by the mm-hmm. way, Trump has violated nearly every single one, but only when it was clear that he'd lost the election. Voila, that's when Facebook and Twitter developed a spine and said, okay, now we're done with you. That's What's right. happening with Meta's decision to reinstate Donald Trump nearly the, after two years after he incited a violent insurrection against the United States Constitution is exactly what you said, is that if you're Republican and you incite a violent insurrection, if you're Republican and you promote violence against journalists, which is what he did at Truth Social this week, if you're Republican and you call law enforcement the deep state, which is what he did at Truth Social, if you're a Republican and you align yourselves with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who just last month at a New York Republican gala openly bragged that if she had led the violent insurrection, they'd win and they would be armed. So if you do all of this, and by the way, I want to remind people, this is what he has 
posted this week, ladies and gentlemen. So if you think Donald Trump had a change of heart, he has not. But apparently, no. if you're Republican, they let you get away with it. And my my take on this is this is yet another example of how American institutions will continue to cave and bend the knee to Republican terrorism, violence, intimidation, and bad faith grievances. It's not just Facebook. Mars Candy, Mars the company, That's right. bent the knee last week. Disney bent the knee, right? You're seeing every, media companies. You saw that CNN right now is the new president is came to D.C. to beg Republicans to please come on. And, and people forget this, that CNN in particular, John, Mm-hmm. was actually attacked by Trump as the enemy of the people and an incited right. violence against their journalists. Literally, remember that one moment where they had to clear out their New York studios and Don Lemon yes, and everyone else was mm-hmm. like airing from outside. And this week, and I was, I'm glad you mentioned what Mike Pompeo said, this is on the heels of Mike Pompeo openly saying, Jamal Khashoggi, that U.S. journalist who, who was murdered, uh, brutally murdered and tortured uh, on, on the behalf of MBS of Saudi Arabia, he wasn't a journalist. He was an activist, and there was too much sympathy. And this is the week where we found out there was one of the most deadly years against journalists, and Donald Trump on Truth Social promoted violence against journalists. So all I'm saying is this. What do you think he'll do when he's back on Facebook or Twitter? Exactly. That's what I'm I mean, saying, John. Well, I mean, but, you know, he, he's being anti-Semitic right now. I mean, like, <laughs> while we're waiting, while we're keeping the mic warm for him over at Meta, he's being anti-Semitic and attacking American Jews for not being more like the good Jews in Israel. Uh, he seemingly can't stop making racist oh, jokes about right Mitch now, McConnell's I, I, wife. I didn't catch that. Is that happening right now? Well, I mean, last was well, it uh, two weeks ago? And, and oh, he does a statement all about yeah, yeah. get your act together. No, what he can't stop doing is the racist, uh, the racist nicknames for uh, Elaine Chow, who was on his own cabinet. I mean, we're, we're seeing exactly what he's going to do. And it seems like Facebook is trying to finagle so well to say, well, he's going to have special restrictions placed on him. So even if he doesn't violate the rules, we can limit his reach, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, the reality is. 2022 was the first time this company ever had a decline in revenue, and it was mm. the first time this company ever had a decline in users. And we in the same community have to be ready for all forms of media to be really excited to cash in on Trump style ratings and or clicks right now. I mean, the, the campaign is on. Look, look at CBS last year, right? CBS, that memo went out that uh, one of its CBS News' presidents uh, told uh, the employees that they assumed that Republicans would regain control of the House and Senate. Oops. Uh, and as such, they wanted to get access. And so that was the rationalization to hire Mick mother effing Mulvaney Mick as a six figure columnist. Not you, John, who's been on the right side of history, but Mick Mulvaney. All mm-hmm. the wrong people fail up. And, and, you know, what's so insidious about this and the reason why I let off the way I did with this, just to give you these recent examples of Republican violent extremism, these recent examples of them promoting promoting violent conspiracies is because Facebook and its rationalization, right? So I read the rationalization for it. They believe that the violence of two years ago has, suffi- I'm quoting them, has, quote, sufficiently receded. Folks, I want to remind you, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, by the way, a report came out that she's gunning to be Trump's VP candidate for 2024, just last month, openly bragged about the violent insurrection. That was last month. And now a majority of Republicans believe and promote the big lie, which, by the way, folks, just last week, there's this guy. And it's like, again, if there was a Democrat who did this, we'd be talking about it. But no one's Correct. talking about it. Solomon Pena, 
the failed mm-hmm. Republican New Mexico candidate who was in part radicalized by the big lie. He's an election denier who conspired with three other people, John, to shoot at the homes of four Democratic colleagues. And one of the bullet was lodged in the bedroom of a child. So That's right. please tell me in what universe has the violence sufficiently receded? And then the both sides rationalization of Facebook, they said, listen, we I want to actually quote them. I, I think I have this out for you. Uh, they said, quote, uh, the, the public uh, wait, uh, the public should be able to hear what politicians are saying so they can make informed choices. And so the question I have for you, here's a thought experiment, John. <laughs> Nick Fuentes, white nationalist, mm-hmm. uh, was recently brought on on Twitter, and then they suspended him again. He was yes. deplatformed by Facebook. Since then, Nick Fuentes, after he was deplatformed on Facebook, has dined with Donald Trump, who has refused to condemn him. And he has invited Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar to address this conference, and they have not condemned him. He says pretty much everything that Trump says. So yeah. if you're Facebook, what you're telling me is if, if Nick Fuentes runs as a Republican candidate, you will have to reinstate him so that the public <laughs> can be informed by both sides. Am I wrong? The only thing I disagree with is that Nick Fuentes just came out, I think, this week and said the words Hitler was fucking cool, which might be a a little worse than Donald Trump or maybe just saying the quiet part out loud in ways Trump doesn't have the guts to. But, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. you're right. Nick Fuentes should announce he's running for president and then they have to let him back on, don't they? Right. I mean, by their own standard. I mean, really, I'm not trying to be cheeky here, but by their own standard. If Rick's friend, if Nick Fuentes and I, I believe he will be very influential. People laugh mm-hmm. at me, but I'm, I'm the same person who two and a half years ago said that Marjorie Taylor Greene will be the president and future of the party. I have the tweets there. I have That's the right. article there as receipts. Everyone laughed at me. People are paid a lot more money than you and me to be wrong all the time. And look who now is the queen maker and look who owns McCarthy. So honestly, if Nick Fuentes runs a campaign in the next couple of years being just like Nick Fuentes, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, a hate monger and an anti-Semite. Will Facebook not, by its very own standards, have to give them a platform? It's brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, Leah, let's wait and see. I mean, I think that they're going to do exactly what they did the last time. They're going to cash in and cash in until it looks bad, and then they'll get rid of them again. But you you mentioned MGTVP, which is uh, (laughs) the new most horrifying acronym I can think of. Um, (laughs) What are the odds that when the story came out that Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that she's going to be Donald Trump's VP... she leaked that, right? I mean, how could it be anyone but her who leaked that? And and well, again, the media, if, if, if I may, the, the yeah, most please. insidious thing is I'm not going to go on, off on her on it because haters going to hate. She's just being what she is. The media is going to use her the same way they use Trump. The power of hate watching. Trump doesn't realize that his high ratings came because people fucking hated him so much. He was the true detective season two of politics. People just keep <laughs> watching him to hate him. It's the same with Marge. I mean, I'm sure she leaked it herself. She will never actually be Trump's VP. It's another example of the media collusion complex where they will run this headline just to get the clicks because it ain't her fans clicking on the article. It's people like us. So you see, it's very interesting. I might disagree with you uh, because I think she might. She might actually do it. Look, Marja Taylor Greene, I saw her as this insidious force about two years ago when everyone wrote her off. And I said that she is the president future of the party. And when she went on Steve Bannon's podcast and said that I represent the base, I tweeted, I agree with her because I've been following where this base has been going. I've spent way too much time in the right wing ecosystem. I've been researching it. 
And she is now a donor magnet and she is a queen maker. People literally go to her for her blessing and then she anoints them. And lo and behold, you know, we laugh here about Nick Fuentes, but let's just, just for a second, if I may, John, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, 9-11 truther, QAnon supporter, anti-Semite, violent insurrectionist, uh, sympathizes with a violent insurrectionist. Well, what's her punishment, John? She just got rewarded on the oversight committee. And now Kevin McCarthy is taking plays from her playbook. And according to the New York Times article that came out this week, uh, because she pressured him, he helped repeal the vaccine mandate in the military. And now he's open to not investigating the violent insurrectionists, but because she thinks those who are jailed are victimized, he's open to doing an inquiry of the House Select Committee that actually investigated the violent insurrection. So we, we sit there and go, that's an impossibility. And I'm sitting here telling you, why is it absurd to think that Nick Fuentes can be a Republican candidate? You're right. No, you're right. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for all intents and purposes, is the Speaker of the House right now. And, mm. you know, I, I want to just put this hypothetical to you. Um, what if that's not overall a bad thing? It's designed to troll intelligent people, decent people, moral people, academics, minorities, you know, people who've actually read the New Testament, uh, immigrants, what have you. But Joe Biden didn't get the most votes of any candidate in the history of American politics in 2020 because Joe Biden is so great. He got it because of Trump. And Mm. I still don't see any scenario where this ends well for Donald Trump or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I believe karma plays a long game. Uh, And I sort of feel like, yes, as much as Marge is a great fundraiser for the GOP, brother, She's a better fundraiser for the Democrats. And I have no problem with her and Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert being the very public faces of this party or for Matt Gates, the freakishly large forehead of this party, um, while the more sensible, electable, practical members can't get the ink. I'm sorry. I, I think it's her party. I think that Kevin yeah. McCarthy should have to own her and own Trump. Well, let's see two sides of this coin. So let's go with what you're saying. First and foremost, they will overreach because this fever will break. And we've, what we've already seen in 2020, 2018 midterms, even the 2022 midterms, where the only question should have been, how big will the red wave be? And they lost the Senate and they barely won the House, right? So the majority rejects it. And I believe, like I've said before, that Ron DeSantis is a wet noodle and on a national stage, he will shrivel because <sighs> it's so extreme that I think the majority will reject it. Now, the flip side of the coin, this is where it's problematic, going back to what okay. we were saying. Okay. There are two political parties, one of them is Democrats, one of them is Republicans that actually have weight and power. Because so many of our institutions are paralyzed with this horrific straitjacket they've put on themselves with both sides mindset, and because they're more afraid to be seen as biased uh, than like, you know, God forbid being, uh, uh, they want to be seen as neutral and they're terrified of being seen biased, right? And so right. what they will do is normalize hate. And so the Overton window, what is accepted, will be pushed further and further and further to the right. And every single major institution, John, as you have seen in the past four years, has bent the knee. And Facebook and Meta and Twitter are the latest examples. Instead of standing up to them, they have bent the knee. Disney bent the knee. Mars bent the knee. Hollywood bends the knee. Even Republicans have bent the knee. Kevin McCarthy bent the knee. Even Democrats, right? If I was a Democrat, I would be like, man, I have the oversight committee. I have uh, uh, the majority. They would have, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, 
do you not think Jenny Thomas would have been investigated, John? Even, Absolutely. you know, how will it look? DOJ, even the DOJ, we don't want to be a peer. Oh, my God, we don't want to be biased. But in front of the same people who call us the deep state. So we'll take two years to appoint a special prosecutor for Trump. But, oh, Biden does it? Two weeks. That's my concern. I'm such a fan of your writing. And again, the book is Go Back to Where You Came From and Other Helpful Recommendations on How to Become American. Wajahat Ali, I'm always honored when you join us. What is the best way for our evil army of the night, all of our riffraff, to follow you and keep up with your brilliance? Dear riffraff, you are my peoples. Uh, Just follow me on Twitter at Wajahat Ali. Uh, pick up the book if you can. Let me know what you think. And I write uh, oftentimes for the Daily Beast, now MSNBC Daily and Medium. Brilliant. It's always good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll be harassing you a lot this year. Uh, thank you. This is Progress After Dark.